The Matt Wyatt Show podcast is made possible by Mississippi Land Bank. Buying or selling, make sure you go there first. Online at mslandbank.com. That's Mississippi Land Bank, where they understand the lay of the land in North Mississippi. What's up, everybody? Welcome in on this Tuesday. I almost said Monday. It is not Monday. It's Tuesday. I'm wearing my cowbell shirt. Check it out. Wearing my cowbell shirt from uh, the Mississippi State University golf course. I am ripped, snorting, raring to go. What's up? Welcome. It feels like Monday. It's not. Hope everybody had a great Labor Day weekend. Long weekend. Uh, able to take in some football. I did. Hand up here. Look, I mean, if you go back to last Thursday night. So Thursday night I had a ball game I was interested in. Southern Miss, South Alabama. Friday night went to a high school game. Amory hosting Caledonia. Uh, let's see. Then we have football Saturday. Didn't watch any football Sunday. Did go to church. Went back to the church house, my church. First time. We've been doing the online thing since March. First time for my family anyway to go back into the church for worship service. That happened on Sunday. And then, of course, last night. The ugliest game I've seen in a long, long time. But guess what? Guess what? Who cares? It was a game. I need some coffee. Let me start it off. Here we go. Five seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun. Two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. Won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to the Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Thank you, Jerry. Let's talk a little football. They played football all weekend long. What's up to everybody tuning in on the live stream on Facebook? Facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. Hey to y'all on the live stream. Lynn and Pamela and Adam and Danny. Look at Adam. Adam Watson, my man. My man, Adam Watson, Farm Bureau Insurance, Clay County. He's got my business. Known Adam for a long time. Just another example. One of those hometown heroes, your local Farm Bureau Insurance agent. Something happens right now. If I'm standing here in this studio and the tree right outside falls in and mashes a roof, I got Adam on my Facebook live stream. I don't even have to call him. I'll just tell him right now. Hey, Adam, you might want to head this way. <laughs> See, isn't it great? And then he'll be here in about 15 minutes. That's the way it works with Farm Bureau Insurance. Welcome into the studio. JB, how was your long weekend, sir? Man, it, except for my wife being out of town. Yeah. It was really good. <laughs> I got to do whatever I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny how you word this because it's almost like you think she's listening. Well, you know, I, you never know about my wife. <laughs> We've all been married almost 35 years. Mm. And sometimes I think she can hear things when she's not even close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is experience talking, y'all. You hear me? Mm. This is the way it works. Well, um, I know like you, I, I caught some football. Let me give you all a heads up, too, by the way, if you're tuning in. In about two to two and a half minutes from right now, we're going to chat it up with a friend of mine, Jamie Arrington. Jamie's a, one of the biggest Southern Miss fans I know, and he hosts the To The Top Talk podcast. So that's coming up. We're going to get some details. We'll see just kind of what he's hearing about what went down at Southern Miss 
with Coach Jay Hobson, who over the weekend made it official that he was resigning, and it sounded like one of those mutual decisions. I say sounded like it because it's not like I have some kind of, you know, behind-the-scenes information on this. Um, there's rumors out there all over the place just about, you know, what, whether or not it was a firing or Jay resigned. But to, And we'll talk to Jamie, but it doesn't make any sense to me for you to get one game into a pandemic season and fire somebody for wins and losses when he's got a winning record. And people can talk, you know, they talk about the history, and Southern Miss does have a really strong history. But the whole landscape of college football has totally changed, and it's really changed for Southern Miss. You know, because 25, 30 years ago, there was no South Alabama. You weren't really recruiting against Louisiana Monroe and UAB. And it was just totally different. So it's it's really changed now. And so there just had to be some other things, right? It couldn't – you just look at it and you go – Pragmatically, this couldn't have just couldn't have been a firing based on wins and losses. Maybe there's other things, and I think they're this factor, that factor. Maybe going back to trying to hire Art Bryles, you know, people bring that up. But there had to be other things. Here's uh, one of the statements that came out over the weekend about Jay Hobson stepping down, and I'm using that word because that's what they that's what they're saying from Southern Miss Athletics Director Jeremy McLean. This is in a statement from Southern Miss. Coach Hobson came to me last Thursday, after last Thursday's game, to discuss what was on his heart. And after much discussion over the weekend, he and I agreed that new leadership for our program is needed. Now, that statement right there, Jeremy McLean is saying, we didn't go to him to sit him down and give him a what for, and he quit. We didn't call him in to fire him and have a long discussion about it. He says he came to me after the game to talk about what was on his heart, after a long discussion, he and I agreed that the program needed new leadership. The statement went on to say Coach Hobson has been a part of our program for 10 years. I appreciate his commitment to Southern Miss and wish Jay and his family nothing but the best. Uh, Hobson, in a statement, Coach Hobson said, after heartfelt discussion with Jeremy, we've come to a mutual agreement for me to step down as head coach. I am in total agreement with this change in leadership and truly believe it is in the best interest of the players, coaches, and this entire program, I wish Southern Miss nothing but the best and am thankful for all that they have done for me and my family. Let's talk about it right now with somebody who follows this and has been following it much more closely, really, than any of us probably over the last you know months and, and years and, and all that. His name, Jamie Arrington. He is the host of the To The Top Talk podcast that uh, many of you are familiar with. And uh, he's on your radio right now. Jamie, happy uh, Tuesday to you, even though it feels like Monday. Hope you had a good Labor Day and a long weekend, man. What's up? Matt, it's so good to hear your beautiful face on the radio. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> Well, you know what, It's Jamie? felt like Labor Day for me since about mid-April, though. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really has for the rest of us. I get it. I get it. There, we've had some times over the last few months um, where – we would like get here on a Friday doing the show on a Friday, Jamie, and we'll really be pumped to like, yay, hey, it's Friday, you made it to the weekend, and then we go, well, heck, man, the whole week's felt like Friday because nobody's going to work, you know. So we've all been dealing right, with this. Right. And if and if you wanted to start your interview in a way that no one else ever has, you just did it by saying, it's so good to hear your beautiful face again on the radio. At a boy. 
<laughs> I always try to have something just yeah. to throw you off. Well, it did. It did. Who am I? Where am I? What day is this? Okay. <laughs> Jamie Arrington on your radio. I want to do this, uh, Jamie. If you are talking to like someone who is totally uneducated on the situation at Southern Miss leading up to that game the other night, what would you say to them to get them to understand the situation, like the the atmosphere in and around the program leading up to that ball game on Thursday night? Well, first off, I would say that Jay Hobson is a guy that a lot of people love, a lot of people that know him. Heck, I remember sitting in the uh, interview room with you back in 2016 when he first started, and he yeah. came in, and that's like when you see press conference Jay and you see Jay in real life, it's a totally, he, he has his nicknames for people. It's uncanny. He came in, he was like, Matty Dub, what's going on? I just pop, you know, all that <laughs> stuff. It's totally different from what you see at the press conference. So everybody that knows him loves him. He's, he's, he's a guy that was, you know, an assistant coach here, then defensive coordinator here, mm-hmm. and came back as head coach. He went through his cancer treatments while he was here at Southern Miss. So he's a guy that a lot of people love and respect. And honestly, he's a guy that a lot of people kind of thought a lot of people kind of thought that this would go better than it did. Mm-hmm. You know, there were some highs, uh, there were some lows, but there weren't as many highs as you would have expected. I, I, I kind of was under the impression that, you know, maybe once he gets, starts getting his players in, year three, year four, year five, that you would start to see things really happen, and that just didn't come to fruition for whatever reason. But if you look at, if you want to talk about what happened, you look at the past few years. 2016, he was 7-6. and six. Uh, Won the New Orleans Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2017, 8-5, we get hammered in the Independence Bowl. Six and five in 2018, no bowl game. 2019, seven and six last year, uh, we fall in the bowl game. And then this year starting off, we fall, um, 32 to 21 to a South Alabama team that was a, you know, two touchdown underdog. You look at the three previous games to this towards the end of last season. So with about two games left, you know, we were, we were very much in the running, not only to play in the conference championship, but to have a shot at hosting it. Then we run into Western Kentucky and fall 28 to 10, which is a game that it was pretty evident that we were being outcoached. Um, FAU, the game after that, we took on, uh, you know, Lane Kiffin, who I'm sure your listeners are quite familiar with at this point. Uh, Southern Miss fell 34 to 17. And, and in those two games, you just kind of felt like there was not an energy there. There was not an enthusiasm there. The, there were some players that were getting fired up, but it was very sporadic. It wasn't very consistent. The team as a whole, just kind of felt stale. And then you look at the bowl game. The, the Southern Miss comes out, uh, puts up two touchdowns right off the bat, takes a 13 nothing lead, doesn't score again, and falls to Tulane Green Wave, which is a team that, if you look at the record books, Southern Miss has dominated mm. for a long time. So you throw that in, there was a lot of frustrations heading into the offseason. There was a lot of concern from uh, you know alumnus, supporters, boosters, etc., and then you get to this offseason with COVID. And I think that there were so many uncertainties with COVID. We didn't have, to be fair, we did not have a spring, just like nobody else had a spring. Um, you know, we, we knew we were going to be one of the first games to come out. We didn't know how this was going to go. But once you start getting into camp, we had seven players not only opt out of the season, which is totally understandable. Mm-hmm. I get the risk there. I get, you know, especially with young African-American men, mm-hmm. um, I totally understand why that you would opt out. You know, guys, some of the guys on the team had family members that suffered some pretty severe circumstances due to COVID. Mm-hmm. But we had not only these players opt out, they transferred. They entered the transfer portal. And some of these came after the NCAA ruled that players were not going to be uh, 
their eligibility for this year was yeah. you know, going to be a wash. It was not going to be taken away from them. So that makes you think there's something internally going on. And and you would see whether it's from – I didn't talk to any players directly, but you could see some outbursts on Twitter that there were a lot of players that just were not happy. Um, also, college football insider Janita Tyree, a.k.a. my mom, called me on Friday after the game. And she, the first thing she said was, something looks off with Jay. He mm-hmm. looks exhausted. Yeah. He looks tired. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a pretty fair assessment. And you think back to this summer in June, his father passed away. Right. And I know that's somebody he was really close with, and I know that weighed on him a lot. So I, I don't know. It's very odd for this to happen after game one. I would have thought it would have happened at the end of the season. But uh, I don't know for sure whether it was a forced resignation or if it, I don't, I don't know anything for certain. It seems odd that it wouldn't, that it would not be forced. But if this is, if this is a man that's had a lot on him and just kind of worn out and just, you know, mm-hmm. for the good of the program, just ready to let it move forward, that very well could have been the case. Right. You know, I think, um, I guess looking back on it too, on that game Thursday night, of course I'm watching it on TV. Um, there might have been a couple of times where, you know, Jay, I don't know, this is just hindsight perspective maybe for me, Jamie, watching it on TV. There may be a couple of times where he wasn't as fired up as he maybe normally would be, but other times he was. I, I just think the big glaring thing in the game Thursday night was, for whatever the cause, you know, guys missing practice on the offensive line because of COVID, uh not having all your best players for whatever it was, there was a softness and like a lack of effort on the team yeah. that that was so glaring that I th- I can understand from a football coach that after that game, he probably didn't even have to watch the film, and he before he even got in the car to go home, Jay probably thought to himself, "Man, whatever we're doing is just not working because that effort ain't going to cut it anywhere." You know what I mean? Right. It was very disappointing, and it was. It, it kind of was a thing where you you were just hopeful that it would turn around, but I don't know that there was necessarily that gut feeling that it was going to actually turn around. It just kind of felt like, you know, heading into the season, the schedule was pretty favorable to, to have a, a really good year, uh, but it didn't necessarily feel, feel like we were going to be favorites this year to win the championship. It, it, you know, it felt like another six, seven, eight win season. Yeah, right. Uh, and then it, and then it was more than apparent that that's that may be a reach after after Thursday night. Yeah. Well, and I would tell you too, and, and I mean, Southern Miss fans don't they don't need anybody pander to them. I, I would just say, you know, there's room for improvement. And you can be encouraged if it's early in the season. I look at like Tennessee last year. Um, wasn't it last year Tennessee under Jeremy Pruitt lost that early game to who was it Georgia Southern maybe, or yeah, or Georgia State. Georgia State, I believe you're right. Yeah, and and then I think lost an overtime game to BYU, and you know they turned it around and played good football by the end of the year. So I mean, it can happen. Jamie, you were at the game, right? I was at the game. I thought I saw your picture on uh, Twitter. There um, is that is that you and uh, a friend? Y'all were sitting six feet apart, had the masks on. Yeah, that's that's my co-host uh, Jason Bailey. We. Uh, we just kind of decided to take a little. We didn't even sit. We sat probably about three or four rows apart, but we were like, let's just take a pic and just, yeah. you know, you know, try to do something kind of funny. But uh, we'll see y'all. Yeah, it the... was a, it was a, re- 
Y'all had the masks on, so I couldn't see the expression on your face, and so therefore I couldn't tell which part of the game that was, early or late. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> that was that was before the game started. Okay, uh, because I don't think I don't think that uh, you know we we are we are fans. We get a little emotional, and I don't think we would have cooperated with a with a uh, lighthearted <laughs> picture yeah. once we got into the game. So, right. Sure. Um, but it was it was it was it was fun. It was fun to get out there, regardless of the outward, regardless of how frustrating it was. I thought, for the most part, the fans did a really solid job of, of distancing and mm-hmm. when they were in transit wearing their masks. The TV for the fans that watched on TV, um, you know, it showed a lot of fans without masks on. But the requirement was once you get in your seat. And, and I'm a guy that's I followed this COVID. I don't want to call myself a Corona bro, but that's what some people, <laughs> have, yeah. like Clay Travis, has thrown that moniker out there. But I've I've kept up with a lot, and there's some epidemiologists that I've followed. And, you know, one of the, the main points they made is outside, it's much more difficult for this yeah. virus to transmit. So yeah. Yeah. with people distancing and having the mask off, I think it was fine. And it was brutally hot. I could mm-hmm. barely breathe when I did have my mask on. Yeah. So, uh, But I thought for the most part the, the fans did a really good job of taking the precautions seriously. And it was a great time being back in a college football environment, even though we knew it was going to be different. Yeah. I think that was the only the only buzzkill was the outcome of the game. You know, I'm watching it pulling for some of the miss on on Thursday night, but you know, just seeing it back and familiar names and watching Jack Abraham throw it around. You know, it was so good to be back, and I know it was for you too. Um, I guess th- there was no tailgating going on though, right? No tailgating. Um, yeah. No, that was a mandate from the governor, um, but probably probably for the best. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there wasn't really much activity. I actually. I didn't park in my parking spot. I was able to find a place closer than my uh, Booster Club parking spot. Um, just getting there an hour before the game. So Sure, yeah. Well, with a couple of minutes left here, um, Jamie. Jamie Arrington, host of the To The Top Talk podcast on your radio right now. You'll need to follow him on Twitter. It's just Jamie underscore Arrington and, and subscribe to his podcast. They do a great job following Southern Miss uh, throughout the year and have done that for years. Uh, Jamie so going forward, Scotty Walden, interim head coach, co-offensive coordinator. People excited, you know, about that. I know he's really young. He's very young. I think Scotty's a guy that a lot of people are excited about, and I think now you kind of throw expectations out the window. Mm. So I, I think that that will make it. You know, if, if we don't win a lot of games, it's kind of expected now, with given the changes in the circumstances, and. Um, you know, if if we do, it'll be obviously be a great audition for him if he wants this job permanently. But Scotty's a guy that, that's been talked about as one of these young hotshot guys that, that really has a, a future in this profession. You know, he was the youngest NCAA head coach back in 2016 at, at age 26 uh, with Division Three East Texas Baptist University. Um, just rattle off a couple of stats here: seven and three as a head coach. They put up 49.9 points per game. Uh, 564.3 yards per game and 365 of those yards through the air. So mm. this is stuff, that's the kind of offense that we're a little more accustomed to here. Yeah. And, um, I don't know if he's going to shake things up or not, uh, or if he's just going to try to maintain. It'll definitely be interesting to see how that plays out, but definitely a lot of people excited about Scotty Walden, a very, very personable, energetic guy. Uh, I've liked, I mean, if you, if you talk to him, you, you can't help but love the guy. Yeah. I think he's, uh, I'll be curious to see what he's able to do. Hey, and talking about you know coaches giving out nicknames the way you said Joe, uh, Coach Hobson would, you know this would be the first time in your life, your young life, Jamie, where you can say to the head coach uh, and call him kid if you want to, Attaboy, boy kid, you know, <laughs> right. 
<laughs> yeah, I've got him beat by 11 years. So that's definitely a first. Yeah, isn't that uh, something? <laughs> you know, it, and then I've got Tom Brady still playing. He's like slightly older than me. and Yeah, it's bananas. It yeah, really is. It really is. Well, okay, so off this week and then uh, Thursday a week. So the 19th, not this Thursday, but the next, going to host Louisiana Tech. So he's got the better part of two weeks to try to get him ready. For his first game, as I, believe head coach. I believe that's a Saturday night game. Oh, is it? Okay, I said Thursday. Okay, Saturday. Yeah, and it, it. it has been moved. It has been moved to ESPN two as well. So, okay, uh, definitely a chance for redemption on national television. Yeah, absolutely. Well, a lot of people be watching that. I mean, it's one of the major storylines out here in college football right now with everything that's going on. Hey, Jamie, listen, really do appreciate it. The day after Labor Day here, and what is not a necessarily a fun time for a Southern Miss fan, but Still got new horizons out there. I do appreciate your time, man. It's good to hear your voice. Thank you, Matt. Likewise, man. Talk right. to you soon. Talk to you soon. Thank you. That's Jamie Arrington. Like I said, y'all should follow that podcast. They do a great job. And Jamie's a stand-up comedian. He's a really funny guy uh, as well. To the Top Talk is the name of that podcast. He is Jamie Arrington. Jamie underscore Arrington on Twitter. Y'all give him a follow. So it's you know, it's a, a tough situation. Uh, it, they were they had a winning record under Jay Hobson. They had a bowl win. They had good times. Um, he and the administration just felt like after that effort on Thursday night, it was time to part ways. Better for him, better for them. I think Southern Miss will be fine, and I know Jay's going to be fine. He's a winner, heck of a football coach, very well respected. He'll land on his feet almost immediately if that's the route he chooses to go. Just getting started with you. Stick around. All right, back with you. Here we go. We're really just getting started here today on this Tuesday. I appreciate you tuning in in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. I'm Matt. JB is here. Most importantly, you are here. Appreciate you listening however you're listening and wherever you're listening from. Hi to everybody on Facebook who's sending in, uh, sending in messages and commenting and so on and so forth on Facebook live stream. Caleb watching on Periscope said it's been a tough last few months for Jay Hobson. Lost his father in late June. Now no longer a head coach. That's right. It has been a tough few months. And they had another tragedy in their family on his wife's side of the family before that um, uh, earlier in the year. So they've had a lot. They really have. Uh, Jesse on Periscope says, hi, Pam. Pamela on Facebook says the 19th is on a Saturday. I know that because it's my 63rd birthday. Well, happy early birthday, about uh, a week and a half out or more. Uh, yeah, the 19th and that Saturday night is when Southern Miss is going to host Louisiana Tech. That'll be their next ball game. And SSL watching on the YouTube live stream said, what happened at Southern Miss? South Alabama showed up, was ready to play, and had something to prove, period, the end. So, yeah, they did. On their side of it, they showed up and were ready to play. And look, we know that Steve Campbell's a good football coach. He's been good wherever he's been, and they will be good at South Alabama again. Took them a little bit of a while to maybe kind of get their feet under them, but that is certainly the way that it uh, looks to me. Bates 
on the Country Pleasing text line. If y'all want to text me, go right on ahead and do it. I'd love to see uh, your text today. 885-ESPN or 885-3776. That's the Country Pleasing Sausage text line. 885-3776. Bates says, it's week four of football. Talking about high school football. As my boys are looking to go 4-0, can you please play Coming to America by the Sonic Boom? Well, why not? Why not give them what they want? You bet, Bates. I appreciate you uh, texting me. You're right. And so since it's week four in high school, we got week three scores. And I think I'll go over some of those with you right now. Why not? Hogdow says he just left country pleasing. What? Hogdow just went to Country Meat Packers in Florence and he sent us a video. He took a video inside the store. He's loading his buggy. Anthony from Tupelo said, I hope uh, State's defense looks better than Navy's did last night. Oh my goodness, Swiss cheese! I'm telling you, look, that's what you get when you don't practice football the way you're supposed to practice it. You, If you're going to play a football game, you must tackle full speed, you must block full speed in practice. That's the only way to get ready for a game. You saw the result last night. What happens when you don't do it? Navy didn't hit each other in practice. They didn't tackle each other in practice. They didn't block each other in practice. And they looked, it was almost dangerous for them to be on that field with BYU at one point last night. And I'll say this, I understand that they're they're dealing with stuff that nobody's ever had to deal with before. You sort of get a pass. Ken Niamatololo at Navy, you sort of get a pass. You're dealing with something you've never had to really deal with before. A pandemic, you don't know. I mean, should I, shouldn't I? We're just trying to, I get it. But word of the wise for everybody in the future. If you're going to play a game, there's simply one way you got to practice. If you can't practice that way, don't go play a game. That was almost criminal to run that team from Navy out there last night, having not tackled each other, hit each other, blocked each other in practice, because that's what you get. And, and to say what you're saying is, is a huge statement because you would have to figure that those guys at the Naval Academy are in excellent physical shape, right? Yeah. Well, so, I, mean, I mean, they are. You can be in excellent, excellent physical shape but not be in football shape. It's totally different, JB. It is yeah. totally – you know, anybody who's ever gone through a week of football practice knows <laughs> it's – you can run and lift all summer long, and you better. But, buddy, when practice starts and you start actually having contact with each other, it's a whole – they talk about football shape. That's what they mean, football shape. It's a whole different animal. Um, it, it's, just, it's just entirely different. Week three, high school football scores in the state of Mississippi. I went to the Amory-Caledonia game. Amory beat them 44-33. to Shootout! In Monroe County. It was a beautiful night. It was hot as all get out. I was running three cameras. <laughs> JB, you should have seen me, man. Well, four. Including the drone, I ran four cameras for my project. And so 
one. I saw some of the highlights, man. That that's amazing, though. Thank you. Yeah, I have one, you know, large camera on a monopod to offer a little support. One clipped onto my shoulder, another on a strap in case I needed it for wide-angle stuff, and then we ran the drone some too. <laughs> so it didn't take me like by halftime, I was wringing wet with sweat. And guess what? Going to do it again this Friday night at Tupelo also. Um, so that was a big one. Uh, in the Metro, you had Clinton go 30-7 to over Brandon. Surprised by that one? Everybody's yeah. pretty much surprised by that, right? I thought it'd be a close game, but I, I, I was giving Brandon the nod just because they're playing at home. Yeah. But uh, evidently, Judd Boswell's got some, got some pretty talented boys. Germantown put up 38 on Canton. So there's that. That's not surprising. Not surprising, huh? How about Hattiesburg and Laurel? What do they call it? The Battle for the Little Brown Jug or something like that? That's it. Hattiesburg 26, Laurel 12. I don't know if that's an upset, but it's a heck of a ball game. I know that much. Um, <clears throat> I could go through every last one of these scores and people probably listen. Madison Central 31-20 over Northwest Rankin. Is that what you expected there? Yeah, yeah. I think Northwest has got a pretty talented, pretty good talented team. Yeah. But uh, I'd have to say in that particular Division, MCs probably. Yeah, they're probably the top, top notch. Uh, don't look now, but Oak Grove put up fifty-two on Gulfport. Fifty-two twenty-nine Oak Grove over Gulfport. Uh, Oxford a winner. They're one of the ranked teams, I believe. Thirty-seven twenty over Grenada. Uh, let's see what else. Ocean Springs out on the coast beat Moss Point twenty-six fifteen. If you were listening last week, you remember that. Moss Point has put more people in the NFL than any other high school in the state of Mississippi. I think it's 18 former Moss Point players that played in the NFL at one time or another. Kind of interesting. Nugget. Man, listen, JB, up here in our neck of the woods, in Rogers' old stopping grounds, we had yeah. an unbelievable ball game. Upon the top? Yes. Did you hear about it? I have not. Yeah. In overtime, Pontotoc 38, New Albany 35. <laughs> Oh, my. Uh-huh. A field goal was a the winner. made the difference. That's right. And uh, just trivia here, Jeff Carter, the former Ole Miss All-SEC defensive back back in the late 80s, uh, is the head coach at Pontotoc now. Yeah. Jeff Carter. South Panola got a little scare from Hernando. I don't know what's going on up in DeSoto County, but Hernando DeSoto almost pulled it off. South Panola 14, Hernando 13. And the big game, really, I think, for the state was Starkville, a 40-28 to winner over West Point. I don't know that anybody's surprised that Starkville won it. I am. Well, a lot of people West are. West Point lost a game. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and West Point's going to go win their class this year, most likely. But what I was told, and we're going to talk with Robbie uh, Falk later in the show, who covered the game on Friday night for the Starkville Daily News, what I was told by someone who was there, Luke Altmeyer, the quarterback for Starkville High School who's committed to Florida State, had a, an unbelievable game. And that if he had played the entire game, like they pulled the – they took their foot off the gas at one point, Starkville did. Wow. And, and they said if he had played the whole game, then Starkville could have scored 100 points in the ballgame had they wanted to. That's what I was told by someone who was there. Warren Central beat Vicksburg 17-zip. <clears throat> Big win for uh, the Morgan boys over there at Warren Central. Just a few of the scores. What happened in the MAIS on Friday night? JA and uh, MRA had a pretty pretty tight game in the first half. But, Did they? Uh, second half, it was all MRA. Okay, 20-10, to 10, the final? Yeah. 
Yeah, it was uh, ten to six at halftime. If Man, I'm correct in my memory. So, so what? Leak beats Ja and turns around and win and beats Lamar by one point, twenty six twenty five. Yeah. Wow. Okay. They say them boys in Madden got got some game with them this year. Yeah, apparently so. Apparently so. Okay, so there's a few of your scores. Let me see what was said over here. What did Miko say? Miko said, I have, he said on the text line at 885 ESPN. I may have missed it. He wanted me to ask my guest who would be next in line or the candidates for the Southern Miss job. Well, Miko, Danny's watching on the uh, live stream right now on YouTube. A minute ago, Danny said rumors that Hugh Freeze may be a candidate to be the new Southern Miss coach. Uh, let me just put it to you this way. Danny and Miko, listen. You have an opening. Jay and Southern Miss decide to part ways after one game. Some people in the media, their natural job is to, I guess, you know, put out a list, get a lot of clicks for a potential replacement list and all this. And you got to put names on there if you want anybody to be interested in it. Literally, nobody knows who the legitimate candidates are right now. Nobody knows. Going into last Thursday night, the administration at Southern Miss had Jay Hobson as a head coach. He went to them after the ball game to expedite this deal of their departure. They weren't sitting there with a candidate lined up nor a list. You find out on Monday, Labor Day, nobody's working. You find out on Labor Day that it's a split. And somebody puts out a list right then. You know how realistic all that list is? Let me give you a sound effect. That's how realistic it is. Now, you can draw certain conclusions automatically. Just go, well, it seems like Will Hall would be a candidate because he's from Mississippi and he'd love to be a head coach and he's coaching as an assistant right now at Tulane. Absolutely. Well, it seems like Hugh Freeze, since he's from Mississippi, he went to Southern Miss, would be a, well, you can draw, you can cross that bridge. But let me ask you this. Is Hugh Freeze, who's making $2 million a year at Liberty, is he going to take a million and a half dollar cut to come coach at Southern Miss? Jay Hobbs was making $500,000 a year at Southern Miss. Of anybody on that list, Will Hall makes sense. The rest, a lot of them don't even make sense. So, in reality, we can have our opinions. I know that Will Hall could do a good job. But somebody puts out a list, he doesn't know. His list is no better than your list, and I promise you that. Are we supposed to be in a break right now, JB, or is it? We're waiting for about 30 seconds, okay. so you got 30 seconds, pal. I think I, my clock is off on my uh, deal here in the studio. I don't know if the power quit or what, so I'm a little bit off. I'm trying to guess. We've had a couple surges here this morning since I've been here. So Have you? Yeah. Surges? Yeah, like not not the guy from uh, Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> uh, let's see. What does it say? Unnamed texter here said, watch Seth Malden from Seminary. Y'all stick one. around. Back on the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. Wearing my snazzy cowbell shirt from the Mississippi State University Golf Course. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Right? So, JB, if you're in Start, we'll go to the Mississippi State University Golf Course. But if you're in the Metro, go to Live Oaks, right? 
That's right, man. Got it. That's right. We got you covered. Got, got you some covered. Great greens at Live Oaks right now, man. Uh-huh. Rolling really, really fine. Oh, good, good, That's good. About all I can do is putt. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole getting on the green thing there. That's uh, yeah the problem for us hacks. All right, y'all. Text me today, 885-ESPN. That's a country-pleasing sausage text line. JV, I had yes, I had Annabeth put in an order at Kroger last at the end of last week, and it right. included extra uh, packages mm-hmm. of country-pleasing sausage. Right. A few other ingredients, including navy beans for this soup thing. Remember that <laughs> came up last week? I do remember that. Okay, well, you know, the real dried navy beans, not the canned kind, and the sausage had the stuff. And I'm not joking you. We go through the weekend. I'm doing other stuff. Last night, it's like 6 o'clock. About your bedtime. Well, yeah, right. And the game's going to start at 7, I think. Navy and BYU. And I was going to make this thing with navy beans and, and country-pleasing jalapeno and cheddar sausage. And and I totally forgot it. Just completely and utterly forgot it. Annabeth, like, opened the cupboard. Is that the right word for it? The pantry. And she goes, well, I guess you forgot about this navy bean thing, huh? I went, <laughs> I sure did. It's the first I've thought of it. I was even talking to Henry. Uh, y'all know Henry Cooper from Country Meat Packers, Country Pleasing Sausage. He's the man over there. And I even told him about it. I said, hey, I'm going to do this thing on Monday for the Navy BYU game. It's going to have sausage and navy beans in it. We're going to put it on social media. He's like, oh, okay, cool. Smooth forgot it. Completely forgot it and at the time we finally realized it when i finally realized it it was way too late to do anything why don't you just do it thursday night for the chiefs and the titans now you're talking yeah you got nfl football back this week hallelujah yeah i'm actually getting to a flag uh fantasy football league this year first time ever oh really yeah the guys at the course are putting a uh whatever you call it yeah a fantasy football club together yeah I'm gonna have to get my youngest son to help me with the draft though, because he knows more about the, more the NFL players than I do. Yeah, that's great. I, I'm glad that the games are here. Um, I tell you what, you know how a lot of people they'll sync the radio broadcast with TV for college games. I do the same thing for the NFL. I have an app. It's just called Pro Football, like the Pro Football Radio app, and it gives you links to every radio station out there that is streaming a an NFL radio crew broadcasting the games. And so That's I'll pretty cool. It is cool. It is cool. So I'll sync them up. So I'll do that. So if you're watching the Eagles and the Cowboys and you want to hear the Cowboys home station. Yep. You just link it up. And link it up. To just open that app and go to Philadelphia. You know, it'll have all the teams and just pick one that's working that particular night. You can do it. So Mitch Holthus is a long time play by play announcer on the radio for the Chiefs and his kind of signature thing. It's a little bit, uh, gosh, I probably shouldn't say this. It's a, He's a huge Chiefs fan, okay? But it's a little bit contrived. It's a little bit like the guy down at Florida where he always goes, I don't even remember his name, but the guy down at Florida who on the radio always goes, oh, my. <laughs> and you know, it's a little contrived. He's looking for an opportunity to say it sort of thing. Right. You know? And uh, radio, radio people have to have good personalities. They though, do. Right? And Mitch for the Chiefs games, his deal is, and he's had a bunch of these here lately. He goes, Touchdown, Kansas City. <laughs> <laughs> and and look, 
anybody who's ever heard one of those Chiefs games on the radio knows what I'm talking about. Like, it's way sort of... Over the top? Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you jumped in there. It's it's over the top. Okay. It just is. But I love it. You like it if you're a fan of it. If you're not a fan of it, you hate it. It's like all the Florida fans love hearing that guy at Florida go, Oh, my! <laughs> And if you're not a Florida fan, you can't stand it. Yeah. Kind of the way that works. Uh, a couple things here real quick on the text line, and then we got a new thing I want to do here with you. We're going to do this going forward for different matchups. Now that we're kind of getting the heat of it, you got ACC football this weekend. You have Big 12 football. You do have NFL. we got some more of this stuff coming your way. Where we're going to look at a head-to-head matchup between two teams playing this weekend – and what the series history is and what we can learn about it going into the ballgame. Might make it a little in- more interesting for us to watch it this weekend. So that's coming up in about two minutes. First up, though, the real Eric here on the Country Pleasing text line says, Matt, your videos are top quality. I can see you starting a high school football documentary on YouTube or something similar. Yeah, actually, um, that's the plan, Eric. But it takes a long time. It's <laughs> one thing I'm learning. Like, you know, the whole, the whole docu-world I mean, there's nothing you do in a week or a month. I mean, it takes sometimes a really long time. Thank you for your compliment. I really appreciate it. Sean says, Matt, wasn't Brian Newberry, the Navy defensive coordinator, a candidate for the D.C. at Mississippi State for Leach? Yes, he was. He was a legit candidate. They obviously went with Arnett. But here's the thing about it. Uh, Newberry is a really good coach. Their defenses at Navy would back that up. That you saw last night is not the real Navy defense. It's just not. That is a football team who didn't practice the way you're supposed to practice. They didn't tackle each other because of COVID. They didn't block each other because of COVID. They only did it with dummies. And that's a joke. You cannot play a game when you practice that way. And even though it's Navy, with highly trained, disciplined, physically conditioned athletes, that's the result you're going to get. If the University of Alabama practiced the entire preseason without tackling each other and without blocking each other, they will get run off the field too. Their defense will look awful as well. Trust me on that. I'm not saying Navy's Alabama. I'm saying you can't play a game if you haven't practiced tackling and blocking live people. Dummies don't move. People do. You have to practice it. What that, that decision by Navy to practice that way and still go play was a disservice to every player in their uniform. And it was a poor decision by their administration and their coaching staff. Now, I know we're, we're in a COVID world. I know that. But I'll stand by that statement. All righty. Let's take a look at something, shall we? On our head-to-head matchup preview, the first of which we're doing on this show. The head-to-head matchup preview presented by Matt Anderson Properties with National Land Realty can help you buy or sell that piece of property. The Land 360-degree interactive drone touring, you can see the property you're considering buying without ever setting foot on it. It's really cool. And if you're selling property, Matt will get you comprehensive internet traffic reports you can see who's looking where they live how long they looked at the listing all that stuff 
That's Matt Anderson Properties with National Land Realty. Call him at 601-408-5155, 408-5155. This matchup head-to-head for this weekend is Duke <laughs> versus North Carolina. Duke versus North Carolina. I just thought we'd take a look at it because uh, it's not Duke versus North Carolina. It's Duke versus Notre Dame. Sorry, I was reading the wrong deal here. Syracuse plays North Carolina. No, this is Duke playing Notre Dame uh, this weekend. Now, here's what you need to know. Those two teams are going to play this weekend unless something happens between now and then. Those two teams have only played each other a grand total of six times in the history of their programs. Okay, and yes... Notre Dame does have the overall edge. Notre Dame in those six meetings with Duke all time have won four of the six. Get this. They played each other in 1961. Duke won the ball game. 37 to 13 back in 1961. Do you know, JB, who the coach at Duke was in 1961? In 1961? No, I don't. It was a guy named Bill Murray. <laughs> really? Yeah, his name was Bill Murray. Get out. Anyway, the first that's time. That's the fact, Jack. That's the fact. The first time they ever played, 1961, Duke won it. They played again in 66, and Notre Dame beat Duke 64 to nothing. That was in 67. They did not play again until 2007 in South Bend, Indiana. Notre Dame won that one 28 to 7 over Duke. Then they played a few years ago in 2016 in South Bend. Y'all remember that was the huge upset for David Cutcliffe. Duke went to South Bend, beat Notre Dame and Brian Kelly 38-35 back in 2016. Uh, They played last year in Durham, North Carolina, and Notre Dame won that one 68. I'm sorry, 38 to 7. Little tongue-tied in that segment. We're gonna do that some every day on the show. We'll take a different matchup that's gonna happen in the weekend. And all of that information comes from a really cool website called Winzipedia. Just go to winzipedia.com. You can look at any matchup. They'll have the big matchups for the week on the front page, but you can type in any two teams and look at their historical data. But they're at winzipedia.com. They tell us, Notre Dame and Duke this weekend. This will be the seventh all-time meeting. Duke has won four out of the pre- – I'm sorry. Notre Dame has won four out of the previous six, including the one last year. And that head-to-head matchup preview brought to you by Matt Anderson Properties with National Land Realty. Hour two coming up. We'll start it off with a phone call from Hattiesburg. Y'all stick around.